time. The reminder of his great love for us. Thank you, Jesus, for this another day to worship you, to choose to worship you in spirit and in truth. You are great. You are king of kings. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for cramming yourself into a little baby's body and coming to save us. We love you, Jesus.
asked to speak or talk about an aspect of Advent as Rachel lights the candle for this week for the Advent wreath. Um, I chose the, the shepherds of the nativity, the shepherds that received the proclamation of the coming, the born Christ child. And I thought about their reaction. Obviously, it was an incredible, crazy insane, probably terrifying experience. Luke's gospel says there's a whole heavenly host that appeared to the shepherds as they were watching their flocks in the nearby countryside. Um, one of them probably wet themselves, I'm not sure, but that was probably an insane experience. But I thought about how they must have felt after the fact that they were the ones chosen. They were the recipients of this incredible proclamation. And, and not only of the experience, but what it meant. They were the first ones to know. You see, the shepherds, most likely back then, even, even in that time, was looked down upon by society. They, had, they did the menial tasks that no one wanted to do. They 
They, uh, they probably came into town stinking like sheep in the fields. And they're probably looked down upon. So I'm, I'm sure they were puffing their chests out, thinking, wow, this happened to us. I also thought about that moment before the angel and the host arrived. They were just doing their day-to-day. They were just doing their menial task. And I believe God still speaks to us in our day-to-day, in our menial task, in our humdrum life cycle. He's still the creator of the universe. still cuts through and finds us next to our sheep. I know he does to me. And he asked us to respond. The shepherds, they got up, they ran. They saw Mary and Joseph and the Christ child in Bethlehem. And they went further from that. They saw the Christ child. And then they, they weren't done there. They went and spread the good news. And I think about in this Christmas season, this holiday season, this Advent season of how crazy things get, how busy this season gets. God still speaks to us. He cuts through it all. Sometimes he speaks in the most inconvenient of times, um, but he speaks to our hearts. And a lot of times it requires a response. And so I, I hope that this Advent season that we, we remember that and we obviously remember the whole point of it. But sometimes this busy mess can get in the way of remembering what this is all about but also to remember he still speaks. And are we listening? And how are we going to respond? Are we going to respond like the shepherds? Are we going to run after what it is he's called upon our lives? Pray that we do. Um, That's what I took from the shepherds of Advent. If we could have the ushers come forward and take this morning's tithes and offerings. You guys will bow with me. Lord, we are grateful that you are a God that still speaks, still cuts through the mess and the busyness and life, the humdrum, the the menial tasks that we go through, that the supernatural breaks through. Lord, let us decipher your voice in our lives through the clutter, through the noise. Because a lot of times we may miss out not listening and let us be like the shepherds to respond and do what it is you're calling upon our lives to do Uh, we are grateful for the gifts that you give us through health through finances through relationships through friendships and i pray in this moment this type of worship offering is a type of worship that we can give back and i pray you bless what is given to help build your kingdom here on earth as it is I don't know if you realize the difference or not, but have you noticed the back wall of the stage? How awesome does that look 
And we have some guys to thank uh, for helping us get that done. We, we'll have some more. We still want to finish bringing the wood up to the, on the sides of these walls. But uh, we want to thank Steve and Doug and Jeff and Jackson, yeah, for, for helping us with that yesterday. It's hard work. Hard work, but it looks wonderful. And thank you guys for the energy you put into that. Um, we had Thanksgiving Day. We had our annual uh, meal here where we serve needy folks. And we didn't get a chance to share uh, stories from that last Sunday. But I've asked Cynthia Sipes to come up because uh, her and her husband Bill were out making deliveries for us that day and just encountered some some interesting folks that you wanted to share with. So if you just take a couple minutes and do that. Well, I just want to say first, uh, Scott, you spoke right to what a great mm. segue with the shepherds and the calling. First off, it was my husband's idea that we were going to do Thanksgiving. Um, and if any of you know my husband, he's not a social person, <laughs> and he avoids as much responsibility as possible. Hi, Bill. <laughs> Hi, honey. So um, absolutely. Welcome to the spotlight, Bill. Yep. Welcome to the spotlight. So absolutely, I jumped on it and I said yeah let's do it and then it kept playing on my heart that we needed to deliver meals and I thought it was because I didn't want to clean up <laughs> and God had other reasons um, a couple of days before Thanksgiving I watched a show on scent sensitivity and I watched the whole thing didn't know why well our first delivery was a woman and a small child and she had scent sensitivity to the point she couldn't go grocery shopping. Mm. She couldn't leave the house because the perfumes, the chemicals on our clothes, our laundry soap, she breaks out, she gets sick. And when she said that she had this uh, illness, it hit me. Oh my gosh, this is why I watched the show because I had offered her a hug and you could tell she wanted one, but she couldn't. And she couldn't let us in her house. And so we gave her a frozen meal as well as a hot meal and she was so grateful, and she was our first one. So we were energetic and motivated to go. And everywhere we went, nobody needed meals. We kept knocking on doors. And, you know, I said, my husband's not a social person. We're going door to door in every mobile home park. We went to Habitat for Humanity, and we gave only two meals out. And we were just kind of bummed, but then we got to thinking, you know what? God took care of all these people. They made them feel loved. They got invited places. They either were already making meals or they were invited and they were heading out the door. And then we found um, that one trailer park that everybody said, you got to go to this one place. Every neighbor knew of one person who needed it, and they all guided us there. So we came back here, and we met a couple from England and New Orleans. <laughs> and uh, they just came down the mountain. They're living off the grid building a cabin. Mm. And... Uh, they didn't know about us, and somebody in town told us about us, and they were there, so we loaded them up with meals. But the most important one, the whole time we were delivering, I kept telling my husband, we need to go to Bluebird Hill. We need to go to Bluebird Hill. And there's a road right at the very top of Bluebird Hill with these itty-bitty, teeny-tiny uh, uh, cabins, not even as big as this stage. I mean, you walk in the door, you're at their bed. Mm. And they have a little tiny bathroom, and there really isn't, like, a whole kitchen or anything we knocked on the door and my husband knocked on one door and it was somebody we knew 
and he was helping them, and I knocked on the door, and this gentleman opened the door. And I said, could you use a Thanksgiving meal? And he started crying, and he grabbed me and hugged me, and he goes, we went into town, and we were even looking for a free hot dog, and there was no free food, and we needed food, and you came to our door. And so we're loading him up, and he's trying to tell me he wants me to see his wife, and his wife is indisposed. She's in the bathroom. And he goes, no, you've got to see her. She's going through cancer. She's going through stage four cancer, and it's in her lung now. Or was it? It's lung or liver. I don't remember. <laughs> and so um, we loaded him up with food, and she came out, and she was dressed to the nines. She had gotten up, even though she's going through chemo, mm. dressed so beautifully, hair done, everything, just to come into town to find maybe a free hot dog at the gas station or a free slice of pizza. And here she was all dressed up. And he just kept crying, and he kept thanking me, and he kept hugging me. And then I said, God bless you. And I found out he was Muslim because he said, in Muslim, God bless you back to me. Wow. And uh, they're, gonna, they're still going to be living there, hopefully, during Christmas. And it is our hope and goal to make sure that's our first place we deliver to right. at Christmas. So Bill and I are going to be doing Christmas deliveries because... This was so important. And if we hadn't listened to God's calling of delivering, and if we hadn't kept listening to go to Bluebird Hill, go to Bluebird Hill, we would never have been able to impact these people. Right. And so it's really important that even when it's a small stirring in your heart or in your gut, follow through on it because you just don't know because they impacted our lives probably mm. more than we impacted ours. Uh, do you remember their names? <laughs> okay, didn't get their names. We just want to, real, real quick, before you go down, let, we want to pray for this couple right now. Jesus, we don't know their names, so we can't call them out by name, but you know them. And you have been and still are pursuing them. And this one act of kindness has revealed your love to them. Regardless of what they currently believe about you, they experienced you. They felt your embrace, your love, your grace, and your mercy flowing from Bill and Cynthia. And I, I pray for them today that they will experience that same nearness, that you will surprise them with your presence today. And that over the course of the next few weeks, even though they don't believe in, in the arrival of Messiah as we do, I pray that somehow they will continue to hear the message and be shown the truth and and their eyes will continue to be open so that maybe on Christmas Day, when we go knocking on their door again, there will be a conversation about how love came down and rescued. Thank you for what was accomplished Thanksgiving Day and for what is continuing now and what will be accomplished a little under a month from today and it's in Christ's name we pray amen thank you Cynthia wonderful amazing story if you have any interest in helping us Christmas day we'll be doing the same thing just as she mentioned right in here we have we serve food to folks in here but also as she said making deliveries to those uh, that might have need Paul did you have anything you want to add to that
There you go. Okay, very good. That's amazing. Well, we're in a, an amazing time of year uh, where we get to express how love came down. Um, I, I want to play a, a little game. Let's, 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 let's engage our imaginations a little bit. Let's pretend that you love spiders. Let's pretend that you love spiders. And, let, and, and, you, and you love spiders so much that you create this amazing um, environment, perfect for spiders to flourish, um, for, for, for them to um, <clears throat> procreate, and, and expand their spiderness. Um, and you create this perfect environment, and things are happening, except that as you're observing the spiders, they begin to attack one another. They begin to fight with one another. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not doing spider things the way that you had created them to do. Things are going awry in your spider environment. And this is what you are observing. And, and you're trying to figure out how to fix it. So you create these special spiders. The, you raise up some, some special spiders that will, go, will, will try to communicate to your spider community about how they're supposed to be treating one another. But all the spider community does, instead of listening and, and engaging what your special spiders have done, they just kill your special spiders. And this happens over and over and over again. So at some point, you figure out how to transcend the barriers between humanness and spiderness, and you become a spider, and you drop yourself inside of the, the spider environment that you yourself created, so that you yourself can help these spiders to know how to live in this perfect spider world that you've created for them. This is the essence of the gospel, folks. This is what God did for us. He transcended the barriers between godness and humanness. And dropped himself down inside of this perfect space that he created for us that we were ruining. To simply explain to us in our own language how he intended for us to live together. How he intended for us to do life. To relate to one another and to relate to him. Listen how John puts it. John chapter 1, you know this passage. John chapter 1, right at verse 1, he says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. 
Now, pause there for a moment because th- these are extreme words. This is, this is a very brave and strong thing that John is writing here. In the beginning, now that, that, that screams out to any Jewish person immediately. Now you're talking about the very beginning. You're talking about what Genesis has declared to us about who God is and what he has done, what he has put into place. To begin his letter by, to the church by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he's making a profound statement. We're not just talking about a regular spider here. We're not even talking about a special spider We're talking about the creator of all the universe through whom all things have been made chose to cram himself into spiderness and dwell among us. No matter what had been communicated to that point, we weren't listening, we weren't paying attention, we didn't want to have any part of it. We were just going to continue to attack each other, continue to do life the wrong way. God himself had determined that the only way to get this thing straightened out is he was going to have to cram himself into flesh and dwell among us. John goes on to say this, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, let's bring some clarification here. There's two different Johns at work. The one who writes this letter is the Apostle John, the beloved one of Jesus' disciples. John is going to start talking about John the Baptist, totally different person. So when he, I just want to make sure we understand who, who was talking about whom here. Now there was a man sent from God. His name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. John the Baptist himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. There was confusion. And he's just bringing distinction here. Understand John was just a special spider. Was just one of those special spiders. His uniqueness in this colony was that he was paving the way for Messiah to arrive. John's work was necessary for us so that through John, we would believe who is, we would believe upon who is Messiah. That was the whole point of his work. But his work was so powerful that people were looking to John. John, you must be the one. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one to come? Nope, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. Or as we read it last week, I'm just the stagehand in this play. The main character. Main character. His name is Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. I mean, just imagine this. The creator of all the universe in flesh. And what if he came walking through the doors? Would your relationship with God be so intact, so in tune, that you would know him when you saw him? Are you walking in the light as he is in the light in such a way that if he were to manifest himself physically and come walking through this door, that you would know him when you saw him? These were the most religious people on the planet. These were God's chosen people. They knew what they were looking for. They knew what they were supposed to, they knew it was the right time. Their, their eyes were as open as they, they could be, and yet still they did not recognize him. When he was in their midst, when he was confronting them, they rejected him so much that they ultimately crucified him. Now this was necessary, and we know this now. We understand he had to die on a cross to save us from our sins. But put yourself for a moment in their shoes. They're looking for a Messiah, anticipating his arrival, wondering even out loud if John is him. Would we know him? if he manifested himself physically to us today. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The ultimate Christmas gift offered to us those who would simply believe. You know, a Christmas present under a tree is just a box under a tree. until it's opened and received. It doesn't even matter if it has your name on it. In fact, it can have your name written all over it. The wrapping paper could have nothing but your name written all over it. But until you receive it and accept it, it's just a box under a tree. Believing in Messiah, not just in who he is, but in what he did, believing on his name, understanding that your relationship with him is he is God and he has designed you to be his child. He's designed you to be his child, born not of natural descent, born not of a human or a husband's will, but, but born of God. He has created you in his image, and he has loved you so much that he figured out, designed, 
and implemented a plan to redeem you, to redeem me, to redeem us. The ultimate Christmas gift is that God himself crammed himself into flesh and dwelt among us. That's what he goes on to say. The word became flesh, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. John is, seems like he's saying some kind of a tongue twister, but really he's just communicating the reality of the infinite, infinite cramming himself into the finite. John's like, he has surpassed me because he was before me. It doesn't matter that I was born six months before him, and as we do the math, that's pretty much the case. John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus. Yet John says, understand that even though I was born before him, we're talking about the creator of all the universe. This guy right here, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he is the God, the creator of all the universe. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Part of the system that the creator implemented in this little spider world was he, he hand-delivered in spider language Rules and regulations, a, a system, a, a set of parameters for this colony of spiders to, to figure it out, to, to do it the right way. And though they had knew it and, and had received it, they, they couldn't do it right. They just, in their own spider strength, could not walk it out correctly. And they just kept blowing it, and they kept blowing it. And as I said, the special spiders kept being rejected and killed, rejected and killed. And this, the law, this paradigm that was instituted in the days of Moses was set in place so that Messiah could fulfill it, accomplish it, complete it, So that when he died on the cross and he said the words, it is finished. All that had been set into motion, all of that history, all of that human failure was finally completed in the perfect and spotless sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world this is what messiah has done for us it's why he was born and john just seems to deliver the core of the gospel right here in the first half of chapter one no one has ever seen god but the one and only son who is himself god and is in closest relationship with the father 
has made him known. Sin created an incredible chasm between us humans and our creator. But he became flesh and dwelt among us. And in doing so, he became a bridge for us. Man, we get to commune with the creator of all the universe. The being that is, is so intense and so immense that stars are breathed out of his mouth. I know I say that often, but it's just so necessary for us to be reminded that this God is beyond what we could think or imagine. But he has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. And we are now, can be called, his children. Aren't you glad God loved spiders? Because that's the story. For God so loved the world. For God so loved humans. For God so loved Americans. For God so loved Tellercountians. Just made that up. For God so loved you. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe in his name would not perish. But have everlasting life. With your eyes closed. truth is, I had no idea we were coming into a gospel presentation today. But we've obviously landed there. There must be a reason for that. And it might be you. Maybe you needed to hear today that a Savior has come He is Christ the Lord. Love came down to rescue not the person next to you, not just the person next to you, but love came down to rescue you. That Jesus has come to save you. Should you choose to believe, there's anyone here today and it's just me looking if there's anyone here today that just you feel a tug on your heart you're ready to accept Jesus as your savior you're simply ready to say yes I, 
I know I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the reality of all humans. It's our story. All of us have failed. All of us are sinners and in need of a Savior. Most of us in this room have already prayed this prayer, have already accepted Jesus as Savior, but perhaps today is your day. It's a free gift that Jesus is offering you. The present is under the tree. Your name is on it, but it's just a box under that tree until you receive it, until you accept it, until you take it as your own. If that's you today, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I just want you to slip up your hand. Yes, one. Is there any others? Anybody else? Two. Anyone else? Come on. I mean, this is, it's a moment for you to just to simply agree to what Jesus has said in the moment. Anyone else? I want to invite us all to pray a prayer together. And the two of you that have raised your hand as you pray this, um, I believe that the miraculous will take place. Your forgiveness is going to come into your life, and Jesus is going to change you and transform you and turn you into this child of God that, that John has talked about in this chapter. We're going to pray this prayer along with you because we're a family, because we do life together. We do this journey together. So church, if you would simply repeat after me, dear Jesus, Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving me. I believe in your story. You are God. You became human. And you lived among us in perfection. And you died on a cross and became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You did this for me, and I believe. I've sinned, I've messed up, I've blown it. I've done life my own way. I wanna do it your way. Forgive me of my sin as I turn from it. Change me, transform me, make me new. I am yours, and you are mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just... Let, let, listen... And this is for everyone in here, not just for the two that have, have said this prayer today. We're on a journey. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a, it's, a, it's a life marathon. And we need each other as we're handling the twists and the turns and, and the potholes and, and the hills and the valleys of this journey. We need each other. That's why, that's why we choose to come together as much as we can. That's why we choose to dig into God's word together. 
in our community, so many seem to be drawn towards isolation. But I want us, and I want to encourage us to push against that and, and do life differently than what the norm would be like. In fact, that's, that's what Scripture points to. So let's continue to do this thing called life together and grow together and seek the face of the Lord together and worship Him together and encourage one another. Now, the early believers, they did this daily. We're not asking that. But I would encourage you to stay connected to the body of Christ. And let's grow together in this thing. Amen? Will you stand with me? I want to say a blessing over you as we head into the week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. May you be consumed by the presence and the peace of Messiah this week and on into the rest of this season. Truly, have an amazing one. We will see you next time.